0: This is Off The Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling
1: 728-4333. Now here's your host.
2: Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Off the Record. I'm Laura Colbert. I am joined in the studio tonight by Geneva Seanette from Telluride Town Council, Melanie Montoya, the Town of Telluride Housing Director, Michelle Haynes, Town of Mountain Village Planning Director, and David Bruce, the Project Manager for the Pinion Park Development in Norwood. And we are getting into it. We're going to get into housing. We're going to cover it all tonight. Uh, as always, you are welcome to call. The number here is 970-728-4000. 333 and we will answer any questions you have but you might want to hang on for just a second while we do an overview first your questions might get answered so let's start a little bit with uh what we have um in terms of employee or workforce housing deed restricted housing uh shandoka of course is one of the biggest projects in the entire region uh melanie what is going on with shandoka i understand there needs to be a rebuild
3: Yeah, Shandoka, we we like to keep it interesting there. Um, So Shandoka right now consists of 134 apartments. The Telluride Housing Department also oversees Virginia Placer Apartments, which is 18 apartments and three tiny homes. And then there's the Telluride Boarding House, which also um, provides housing for 46 folks. Um, And at Shandoka, Building F is actually the I want to say the third phase of Shandoka it was constructed in the early 90s. And there was a lot of funky stuff that I think went on back there in the, <laughs> the early 90s. Um, over the years, we've had a number of problems with F building and we've uh, you know, been doing the best we can to keep up with them, but we've gotten to a point where we're looking at some bigger system overhauls. Uh, the plumbing is probably the, the most notable among them. Um, and because of cumulatively what they all add up to uh, town council has been considering doing a a reconstruction of f building Um, you know i say that and i i feel like the next thing that definitely needs to follow that is just that everybody knows that housing the folks who are already in f building is a top priority the reconstruction won't happen without uh, securely getting those folks place ahead of time and we're still working out the details with that Um, and as of right now Telluride Housing Authority subcommittee is um, very much in the beginning phases of the process of understanding what the options are um, possibly rebuilding and doing higher density um, apartments um, and obviously better constructed more efficient that type of thing so we're right in the beginning of the process of of figuring out um, how all of that's going to unfold but I think it is exciting um, for the folks who are there um, to you know just have an upgrade in housing and for the possibility of creating higher density um, because everybody knows we need more housing
2: when you say create higher density do you mean specifically on the F building lot or are you including the project uh, on the parking lot as well
3: no, just the F building lot, which is actually a pretty funky lot. It, okay. it actually includes F building as well as where the daycare is. So, you know, there's a lot of math that has to go in to figuring out what is the maximum buildable area. And one of the cool things we're looking at right now is reusing the foundation that already exists, which mm-hmm. is a huge expense when you're looking at construction. So if we're able to save that cost in construction that would be really um really beneficial for you know putting something very nice in its place
2: now obviously there that is but that building is at full capacity there are a lot of people living in it and you said of course they would there would be warning they'd be moved out would they be moved out to other properties temporarily and then get to go back to f building or is there a thought of just shifting people entirely or is that is it too early to tell
3: Yeah, it's kind of still in the process. Um, I would say it's at full capacity. And I would also mention that a lot of the people who live in Uff Building have lived there literally for decades. So we're talking about the fabric of our community. These are not just your average, you know, um, worker bees in Telluride. These are people who have raised their kids here. These are people who have been part of our town for a long time. So we're going to make sure, however it unfolds, that it it works. Right now, we're looking at potentially re-homing them in other Shandoka units as those become available. And then there's a lot of other options on the table, including the possibility of, um, when the newer housing projects come up, utilizing some of those spaces for F building tenants. But like I said, we're still in the beginning process and we're um, not locked into just any route yet, but we are committed to making sure they have homes
2: and while we're sort of in the area maybe we can talk a little bit about the virginia placer phase two uh kind of back there on bear black bear road who did you, geneva can, do you want to do that or, okay that okay <laughs> yeah so
4: that is um still in the design maybe you want to phase. explain where it is
2: just in case yeah
4: so right behind the boarding house i don't know if maybe you've go for a walk down the valley floor and you see where the bus barn is where all of the uh, galloping Goose buses are stored, and where the gigantic pile of snow that we plow all winter is. Um, it's going to be in kind of that area. Um, uh, and what the idea behind this development is going to be uh, I think 12 units, and they're going to be uh, a couple two bedrooms. And some studios and then some kind of four room dorm style with a shared kitchen, shared living area units. And those are going to be for short term or on call uh, positions, uh, primarily for the town and potentially other uses. But, you know, police officers who are going to be on call for a couple days that can have a place to crash in town because most of I think, if not all of our marshals department lives out of town. Um and as well as you know, supporting us for recruiting new staff so that they have a place to stay for you know a couple weeks, a couple months until they find their permanent spot. So you know, not designed to be long term. Um, it's very close to where a lot of where the public works building is. So it's you know, yeah, it's designed to be sort of a short-term transitional space. And so that's in the design process right now. We haven't started construction or anything, um, but kind of a cool, unique uh effort at solving some of our some of our issues and i
2: think a little lesser known than some of the bigger projects that are underway which we'll get to in just a moment (laughs) but i just wanted to bring that up since it's sort of in the same zone uh speaking of really big and and slightly old uh workforce housing there's vca in mountain village probably the biggest housing most dense housing in in the region um yeah, what's going on with VCA? There's a new There's a new building being built.
5: Right. Yep. So VCA is uh, comprised of 222 units, and it also includes a child care center. And uh, yeah, it's uh, similarly like at Shindoka. We have residents who have lived there for some up to 20 years. It's it's a home uh, for many, um, and even maybe in the community. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it used to be considered more transient housing until you found something that you can kind of level up. Um, We're we're finding it's harder to level up these days. Uh, The town of Mountain Village also has, um, owned by Telsky, more rental housing, which is uh, Mountain View, which we have 30 units in the meadows, as well as Big Billy's, which uh, is comprised of a hundred and 49 dorms. So in total, we have over 500 units that we administer um, in a variety of configurations. And we do have a phase four at BCA um, in a a bidding process right now for construction.
2: And what will that phase four look like?
5: So it's two buildings of 42 units. And we worked with the feasibility study that was produced in 2019 and we found that the most desired unit was a two-bedroom unit, two bedrooms, one and a half or one and three-quarter bath, because that way you can either have a family or you can have a roommate situation that's a little more comfortable. And so we really targeted that the more majority of the units were that configuration. It's the largest request that we have at VCA for rooms are really the two bedrooms.
2: And you said you are in the RFP?
5: So, yeah, the other project's entitled for a number of years, but we put out an RFP for construction. So that's going to close late this month, and then we'll kind of see where we're at. Uh, you know, we do have some, like, regionally, we have challenges with supply chain. If you do modular, you know it's taking a little bit longer. Um, and so we're kind of just evaluating all of that, but we're, we're really excited about the potential expansion there. Do you have
2: a timeline for breaking ground?
5: You know, I think it's just going to be depend on uh,
4: what the bids look like. Um, Do you yeah. want to explain to the listeners what an RFP is and yeah. ha- what what that means? Yeah,
5: I'm happy to. So, in government, when you have um, large scale, you know, we're working with taxpayer money, and so RFPs mean that there's like equal opportunity, equal opportunity for people to bid on. Any number of types of projects we're dealing with housing and so it it can go out for RFP for design it can go out for RFP for construction and then you usually just sort of evaluate it equally and and award Um, it's not always based on lowest bid it can be based on a lot of different criteria Um, so anyway we're waiting anxiously Uh, we've heard things like costs for Construction and goods has gone up 30%. Um, We have some challenges with workforce, as we know, to support stick frame construction. So there are a lot of variables that we look at when it relates to housing right now, particularly as it relates to new construction.
2: And by stick frame... construction do you mean as compared to bringing in modular pre-built yes. pieces okay yeah gotcha
5: there's a lot of great technologies these days there's even like panelized where it's kind of a, a combination of the two and i'll just clarify too i'm the building planning and housing authority director I've, it's a little known fact that i've been the housing director for the past five years but housing beca- has become such a big issue for all of us it's just sort of risen to the top of priorities
2: Sorry to leave that out of your title. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Building planning and housing director.
5: It's a lot. It's,
2: it's a lot, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what, just out of curiosity, what is the wait to get into VCA in Shandoka these days?
3: It's really long. Yeah. Yeah, it always kind of breaks my heart when people call and they're, yeah. you know, full of the same wonder that I had when I moved here. Um, for Shandoka, it's about 150 right now. For Virginia Placer, it's around 100, um, and that includes the tiny homes. And then the boarding house has actually been a lot more fluid. Um, That is, we like to say, somewhere between a dorm and a hostel. It's really intended for short-term rental, and that's because the bathrooms and the kitchens are shared. Um, Mm -hmm. So that waiting list is a lot more fluid If people are flexible and willing to go into a double occupancy room, usually can happen within a a month or two, Um, but it just kind of depends on the timing. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, we had our wait list up to 250, which is silly, and so we closed the wait list And we've been slowly trying to bring that wait list down. And again, like Melanie, it's kind of managing expectations. You don't want to break somebody's heart and say, oh, yeah, sure, join our wait list. But you're at 251 and it'll take six years for you to get a unit. So we're we're managing a very long wait list also.
2: okay, let's talk a little bit about projects that are are almost there. Sunnyside comes to mind because I pass it a lot on the spur. Who wants, do you want to jump in about that, Geneva?
4: Yeah, I'll jump in there. So um, Sunnyside is an exciting new project. Uh, It's a partnership between the the San Miguel County and the town of Telluride. So the county provided the land and the town is providing the cash to um, design and build this thing. But we operate, um, we've operated through the whole design process uh, with A shared subcommittee so we have members from the county and members from the town of Telluride working together to make all of these decisions like uh, what design firm to hire and we made the decision to go net zero on this project so it's called Sunnyside so we put a ton of solar panels out there we're very excited about that I think it's the first the region's first maybe the state's first uh, net zero affordable housing um, development project It's going to be a total of 30 units Um, and like Laura said when you're driving down the valley floor it's the big new construction project going up next to Eider Creek between Eider Creek and the roundabout and it's going to be it's a total of 66 bedrooms but it's a mix between uh, tiny homes one bedroom and two bedroom apartments and then three and four bedroom townhomes and another unique thing that we're doing in this project is one of the four bedroom um, townhomes has been built to requirements to be an in-home childcare facility. So Bright Futures um, came to us and requested that we sort of integrate that into our design um, process, which you know requires a certain amount of outdoor space that's on the same level and things like that. So um, we're excited to provide that opportunity um, in this project and we're under construction now as everyone can see um it's going to be a rental project and the town uh the land has been annexed into the town of telluride so everyone who lives there will be a town of telluride voter um which is i think great and uh right now we are we've just We're in a lot of decision-making process right now. Um, Our construction has been uh, slightly delayed because of all the same, you know, supply chain and labor issues that every other construction project in the country is dealing with. Um, But we do know that we are going to open the lottery application period sometime in mid-May. So this is not going to happen before or or during off-season. The application period will be open for a number of weeks. So... You know, stay tuned for more info and more details, but those are the things that are, you know, for sure at this point.
2: And that application will be on the Town of Telluride website?
4: It'll be everywhere we can put it. Um, Yes, they'll be on the Town of Telluride website. People will be able to, I think normally we do lotteries through the Regional Housing Authority. No, through the town.
3: Yeah, for rental projects, it's through the town. If it's deed restricted, owner occupied, it's through the Housing Authority.
4: Got it. Great. So, yeah, this building will be managed as a rental just as Virginia Plaster and Shandoka are. Um, Many of the qualifications will be similar, like it needs to be your primary residence and you need to work a certain amount of hours in the previous year in order to qualify, things like that. None of that is completely finalized yet, but um, we have been discussing... Uh, creating a new sort of income bracket for rental um, higher than what we've done in the past for Shandoka. Um, that's a kind of a big deal and a new thing based on the changes of the needs of the community and you know, just how expensive the free market is right now. Um, so again, you know we're at the subcommittee phase right now where we're talking about these issues. And once we, as our group of county and town representatives, come up with our recommendation, we will send that up, up the flagpole to the full town council and separately to the full county commissioner um, panel, and then it will be debated and voted on again, and then that's when the final um, policies will be locked into place.
2: And this these debates uh, within town council and the board of uh, county commissioners, are, do you think those will happen within April... May time period before the applications? When it,
4: yes. Okay. Yeah, we will have to decide what all the you yeah. know qualifications and requirements and policies will be for the lottery before we open the lottery. Right. So, you know, stay tuned. Um, listen to the town council meetings coming up. Um, I will certainly also be... I've been trying to put some information out on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, um, but now's a good time to tune in uh, and start paying attention uh, a little more, maybe, to this project and... Yeah, we're really excited about it. They're going to be really nice apartments and they're going to have um, balconies overlooking the valley floor. And oh, one other thing I want to mention um, is that in this project of 30 units, two units for each of the municipalities are going to be uh, sort of reserved for employees for the county and for the town. So, you know, don't be surprised if there aren't 30 units in the, available in the lottery there's going to be 28 tw- well there'll be 25. Okay. So there's going to be two for each of them two for the county, two for the town that will still have employees in them. They will just be employees of those municipalities and then the um the childcare facility is going to be selected through um, Bright Futures cuz they know much more about qualifications for that kind of business than we do certainly.
2: Uh speaking of tuning in, if you have just tuned in, we uh, you are listening to off the record on koTO and we are talking about housing yes Melanie
3: yeah I just wanted to add to uh, we've been recommending to people that they pay attention to the town of Telluride website and on the town of Telluride website there's a Telluride housing department page and when we have information um, that's where we will make sure it goes up uh, we have if you go there right now you can click on applications and apply to shandoka virginia placer boarding house tiny homes all of those entities Um, and sunnyside will also be part of that when the application period begins
2: great Uh, and if you would like to call and ask any questions right now call the studio 970-728-4333 to ask your housing questions and i'm talking about participating in meetings and discussions and all that, I will say that tomorrow on the county's agenda, there's a work session. um, And one of the things that is being talked about in the work session is short-term rentals and changing some of the rules around that in the county. And another one after the STR discussion is on affordable housing mitigation, which is how much... A private developer needs to either pay or build when they have a build a, uh, a build anything any kind of development. Uh, so those are two things coming up at the county level. You can tune in on Zoom at nine thirty to uh, be a part of that as well. Um, let's get back to Mountain Village for a moment. Uh, Because besides the new building at VCA, it sounds like you have a possible new development within the meadows, which is the largely deed-restricted area up in Mountain Village.
5: Yeah, in terms of new construction projects, we have two other projects. One is a lot that's been owned by the Mountain Village for a while called 644. Interestingly, it's in the meadows, and interestingly, the density on that, Um, that we have a different thing where we pre-assign density in the village. It's to be constructed for 41 employee condominiums, and that density has been assigned to that lot since 1995 when we incorporated. That being said, we are working also with the Meadows residents, and we have a Meadows advisory committee as well to talk about broader issues in the Meadows that could result in a, a small comp plan amendment. Um, as it relates to 644, we do have an open house uh, with our vertical developers, um, their what? name is Triumph. What's a vertical developer? Vertical developers, sorry, I use a lot of acronyms. That Those are the people that, that take it and build it. <laughs> 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 they go up <laughs> okay. um, on March 31st from 5.30 to 7.00. It's in town hall and it's also a hybrid meeting. So they're going to talk about some of their design plans and we'll get some feedback um, from the community. And then I'll touch on Norwood as well.
2: Just real quick about that lot 644. Is that meant to be rentals for purchase? Do you know yet? Or is it too early to say?
5: They would be for sale. Yeah. For as as workforce housing. As workforce housing. Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then... The town of Norwood, like we're trying to kind of hit on every level that we can and we purchased a 37 acre parcel that's adjacent and contiguous to the town of Norwood. So right now we are- working, Mountain Village did. Mountain Village did. Yeah. And the intention is to, to develop housing for people that live and work in our region. So we're working through an annexation and subdivision process for that. Our council will still be making decisions around the kind of product. Um, but we, we hope that, you know, we, we're working closely with the town of Norwood. We really want this project to be a cooperative effort and to provide meaningful amenities and resources um, for the community because we understand that a 37-acre parcel is large
2: what what's the timeline for that
5: i think annexation and subdivision theoretically will take us through the fall and then we'll we'll need to work through the infrastructure and uh, design so you know 18 months maybe i mean we still have a lot of steps to go and we have a lot of um, communications and listening to the norwood community about the needs
2: and will the how will you decide who gets to live there or is that being determined as well?
5: Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it. I, I'm like I speak broadly that we want we want this and need it to be for the people that live and work in this region, and so that can come in a lot of different forms. Um, there are lots of different kinds of deed restrictions or covenants, but that's the intention. We do not intend to build housing that someone from out of state can purchase and then not live there. <laughs> that's not what we're doing.
2: <laughs> gotcha, uh, David Bruce. Can I? hop over to you if you want to pull up your mic a little closer. I was going to go to you later, so I'm surprising you a little bit here. Uh, Joining us also in studio is David Bruce, who is the project manager for the Pinion Park Development in Norwood, Brought up Norwood, so I thought we would jump over there, uh, which is a project of the Telluride Foundation, also county land that was deeded over to the Telluride Foundation to build development i think people have heard little bits and pieces about it but it might be a little unclear do you want to give us the basics
0: absolutely thanks <clears throat> so it's quite similar to sunnyside and that the county's donated three acres
5: get a little closer. and we're
0: gonna develop about 24 units on it 19 three bedroom three bathrooms and five two bedroom two bathrooms we have full approvals for the project at this point uh, just last month on february 9th the final plat was approved by norwoods town council And we're hoping to move dirt next week. So we're right on the eve of Mm -hmm. starting a new construction project in Norwood. Uh, The whole idea of this project was to build houses that the workforce can afford. We're sort of defining the workforce as folks that make between 60% to 120% of San Miguel County's area median income. So that's about $45,000 household income a year to $75,000 AMI varies based off how big your household is, but really trying to target that workforce that's been in a real pinch recently. um, And we're controlling that through the deed restriction. So the deed restriction will prioritize employees within Norwood's R2 school district first. And if the demand from within Norwood is not met, then it will go to a larger geographic scope. Um, Super excited, this is all for sale. Uh, There's no rental units and that's part of the nature of the financing on the project. Really, the credit here is due to the folks at the Telluride Foundation who've been looking at sort of tr- strategic partnerships to build housing for the past five to ten years—way longer than I've been here. I've only been here for the past 18 months and really jumped into the middle of this whole project. Um, but the strategy is—you know—bring the cost down, free land from the county, um, reduce construction finance from loans from uh, philanthropic agencies around the state. And then also use a modular approach to construction to reduce the cost per square foot so from the start of this we've targeted delivering the project at less than $200 a square foot we're slightly over that uh, closer to 225 at the moment but hoping to bring that down significantly I'm applying for a grant just about every week um, so that's the marker of success uh, we have sort of all of our budgets filled out, but as everyone in this room knows, it's a really volatile and uncertain game, um, but we've sort of pegged the price ranges on these units to be between 195 to 395 for a for-sale unit.
2: And do you have a similar application process to say what the town is doing?
0: Um, it's a little bit different. It'll be through the housing authority, the San Miguel Regional Housing Authority. Um, the key, if you're interested in one of these homes in Norwood, is to go on our website, pinionparknorwood.co, And there's all sorts of information and FAQs on that site, um, including an I'm interested form. But we're targeting a lottery around August 1st. And the key to entering the lottery is both being pre-qualified for a mortgage and also uh, fitting into the deed restriction and approved by the housing authority.
2: And the deed restriction, a part of that is is at least one of the residents having a job in the R2 school district. Yes. So
0: if you have a job in the R2 school district, that prioritizes your eligibility in the lottery. And then we'll open up a second round if all the units aren't fulfilled to a sort of wider um, pool of applicants.
2: You mentioned um, uh, manufactured homes. Can you explain a little bit more about going that direction?
0: So the whole idea to go modular is that all our general contractors in the area really cater to a higher end uh, type of construction. Um, And also there's been so much volatility in material prices. Not only supply chain issues, but wood has been sort of this super uh, volatile curve over the past two years. Um, And so the idea with modular is you lock in your prices much earlier in the process. So about nine months ago, before we even had approvals, we were starting to look at signing a contract with this modular home manufacturer, um, and that established our prices much earlier on in the construction process. So you're not billed as the project is built, but you're, you pay 95% of the cost of the homes before anything appears on site. So the developer takes on a lot of risk in this fashion, but it has huge wins if you can deliver a home at, at lower prices.
2: And then my, my very uh, simple understanding of the rest of the financial model is that you, there was some seed money from the foundation to get this started, uh, but then th- some of the profits from the sale of the homes will then go into a project to possibly do the same thing in Ridgeway and or Uri.
0: That's pretty much right. The The credit to the Telluride Foundation is really taking this on and paying salaries, paying for sort of due diligence studies. But the champion that seeded this is the Colorado Health Foundation that provided Telluride Foundation with a three-quarter million dollar grant to pay for all the due diligence studies and entitlements processes, which in our area are really expensive.
2: And and then with an eye towards repeating the process, assuming it's successful in Ridgeway and URA, is that exactly. correct? Yeah. So okay. So
0: it's... We're calling it a construction revolving construction loan fund. We'll use a pool of money from private foundations and from the state to build the Norwood project, hopefully sell all those units immediately that will replenish the fund, and then we'll try a project somewhere else. We have one in the works right now with the town of Ridgeway. We just submitted a preliminary PLAT application that's being reviewed by the town planner and the town engineer, um, and that is somewhat in the future. It's hard to pinpoint exactly when we could break ground in Ridgeway, but hoping by the end of the summer, uh, hopefully by the end of 2022.
2: All right. That's pretty soon, relatively speaking. Let's talk about some projects that are, are, I don't want to say they're a little more theoretical. They're, they're planned, but they maybe have not broken ground or halfway through the process. And one of those is in town, the voodoo project.
4: Ah, yes. The voodoo.
2: (laughs) The voodoo, Um, you do.
4: Yes. Many, Everyone in town is probably familiar with uh, the Voodoo Skate Park that's right next to the post office. That's the lot we're talking about. Um, and if you walk by, uh, you'll see there have been some story polls up and stuff. Um, that project uh, we are planning to have be another rental project, um, and it's going to have some commercial space in it as well. It is going through the design review process now. So, um you know, which can sometimes take a while. So, no, uh, no hard timelines on that project at the moment. Although we are in the, you know, we've engaged architects to design drawings, and we're going through the process, our own town process to approve projects um, within town.
2: Can you, on the radio, describe some of this <laughs>
4: designs? The designs, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's currently the design um, features a two level parking. Um, structure is the wrong word platform I suppose um off of the alley and uh one of the sheds there the one that's closer to the um north side of town is historic so that's going to remain um no matter what and uh we're talking about putting public restrooms in there and we've also been discussing for the commercial creating a new deed restricted commercial um rental process where the town would retain ownership of the property and then rent out the commercial space to local businesses or nonprofits. Uh, We haven't even started talking about what that's going to look like, but I think, you know, we all know that commercial space is incredibly expensive downtown as well. So, um, we would love to support our local, uh, organizations in that, in that fashion. And, um, I don't know, I think it'll ultimately be an urban, you know, urban style, um, apartments, maybe like uh, like the Silver Jack uh, building. I was saying, can
2: we picture the Silver Jack as a, as a possible. You know,
4: you can. Model. The picture uh, is. Going through the evaluation and the Hark process right now, so really, we, I don't, I couldn't tell you what it's going to look like at the end. But, um, Rental, but yeah, are you
3: thinking rentals? We're thinking
4: rentals for those as well. Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay.
3: I, I would also add that there's uh, talk right now of relocating the free box over.
4: Oh, that's right. Yep. I remember hearing building. something
2: about that. That'll be a big day.
4: And for those who, <laughs> <It'll be. laughs> and for those who wonder why we would want to move, um, you know, the free box off of you know, pretty close to Main Street. Um, Of course, this happened before I was here, but um, the free box in its location now used to be across the street from the the post office. office. And so, um, for that reason, it makes some sense to, you know, relocate the free box. town council had a lot of discussions about the free box in the last year or two um and it's clearly an important feature of our town that we'd like to protect so it makes sense to relocate it to town property as opposed to just the right of way in and front of private property
2: no discussion about local housing can be had without talking about the free box <laughs> somehow <laughs> yes. just they're sort of tied together. Yep. <laughs> um, the, uh, Uh, what are the other things that's in I I don't know exactly where it is in the design review process or even if it is but is the southwest area plan and specifically the building on the Shandoka lot and the Carhenge lot
4: yeah so the town you know it may seem like we're just sort of picking a random um, lot to build a project on and we don't have a longer term plan but what we do is we identify properties that are suitable for housing can I
2: pause you for one moment because we have a caller all right Let's see. Get this right. Hello, you're
1: live on the air. Hello, folks. Um, just a question is, to, you know, the, the working relationship between the town of Telluride and the county has been um, a little bit ad hoc so far, but it's been very productive, you know, kind of building on that, that long track record of uh, development success from the town, and Lance McDonald, uh, et cetera. Um, The uh, the housing authority is currently reorganizing. Mountain Village decided to leave and go on on their own. And I'm just wondering how folks um, see uh, that development process continuing in the county. Is it gonna be uh, uh, the Sunnyside model um, uh, or are we going to see more of the Telluride Foundation type of model? Well,
2: thanks very uh, much for um, calling
1: specifically, in. Specifically, um, you know, is there any? When are we going to start seeing some senior housing here? You know, there have been a lot of people that have gone through this community, have done, you know, have bled uh, and sweat uh, for this community. Now, when are we going to start seeing some um, uh, senior housing for those folks? Maybe at a little bit lower Good. altitude. Good Thank you-
2: Yeah, good question. Thanks for calling in, and we will get to that. We just want to finish this voodoo discussion, and we'll get right to that. Thanks very much for calling. Okay, I'm going to write a couple notes here. Finish what you were saying about voodoo first.
4: Oh, yeah, so I'm more, and this might address some of the caller's question about, you know, how do we decide what to do next and what the next properties are going to be and in what order and what's the most important. And I think that things are changing in the community so quickly that it doesn't make you know, a ton of sense to plan out the roadmap for the next five years when things might change. But the town of Telluride um, owns some property uh, on the west side of town that we bought specifically uh, for housing. There's the Canyonlands lot. Um, that is the parking lot that's right, uh, you know, towards Ajax from Clark's. You probably drive by or walk by it all the time. Um, that's that empty lot, or not empty, but lot that is used for parking um and then we also own just a couple uh facades down uh the tower house property which is right there uh sort of on the corner of that street that goes down in towards boomerang lodge and some of those other parking areas so those are some areas that we'd like to develop um for housing as well as the southwest area plan is really i'm really excited about the southwest area plan it is Um, If you Google, go into Google and search Telluride Southwest Area Plan, it'll come up and it's a many, many pages, like 70 or 80 page document with photos and aerial images of maps of the southwest area of town. And that's where the town of Telluride owns the most land that has the most density for housing. Um, And so within that uh, plan, it will explain You know how many units within our zoning we can build on the Carhenge parking lot, on the Shandoka parking lot, and on Virginia Plaster, as well as mentioning you know the previous two lots that I just uh, discussed that are on Main Street. So, you know, that's going to be a big deal um, development. But the first thing we need to do is. Uh, solve some of the traffic flow problems. There's some very weird intersections uh, in that area of town um, And you know Pacific Street is one way and that provides challenges and things like that So we're gonna work on those first before we start building a ton of units on those lots We also need to build a parking structure to replace the day-use parking that's on the car lot and just to increase parking in that area of town so not sure if I totally uh, answered all the questions, but um, so we're, we're trying to have a dynamic plan and so that we can be nimble. And uh, those are the next lots that we're looking at putting uh, b- apartment buildings or for sale units on.
2: And it sounds like you need to address some of these other uh, infrastructure issues before even getting to design, review, anything else? Yeah, RFPs. I mean, I
4: think it would make a lot of sense before you start doing a bunch of construction on, say, Carhenge, for example. Um, before You know, you want to make sure that the road's wide enough and that there's, you know, good... Good traffic flow and good stop signs, and we we have some. We Hold did it. a traffic study in the area, and we have some uh, some intersections that get an F in functionality. Um, is what our consultants told us. Because you know, if you think about coming up from Pacific Street up Davis, and you want to take a left on Main Street, you know, it's going to take okay. a while.
3: It's character Geneva. <laughs> yeah, <I> was,
4: <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: so the, so those projects are a ways out.
4: I mean, yes, yes and no. I, I think that um, the town of Telluride's built a lot of units over the years, and we are getting better at moving more quickly, but government is not designed to move quickly. So we're moving as quickly as we can, but it's really important that we take the right steps, don't rush into anything, get feedback from the community, and um, make sure that we're really thinking things through before we pull the trigger on, on constructing buildings. How reasonable. I'm usually the one who's trying to put the gas pedal down. So that's, yeah. It's Uh, it's important to slow it down sometimes.
2: We're going to go to um, a quick little break here just to give everybody a breather. And then I want to come back and talk about a couple things, one of which is the YES program in uh, Mountain Village and a a couple other things that are on the horizon, including an interesting project in Rico, which we'll have a call out about in just a moment. So stay tuned.
3: Nothing ever
0: slows her down and a mess is not allowed. Our house, in the middle of our street. Our house,
1: in the middle of our... Our house, in the middle of our
0: streets. Our house, you that you've got to in the, the middle of, of our... Father gets up late for work. Mother
1: has to her his shirt. Then she sends the kids to school
0: i to die
2: Good evening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that little. Um, Whoops! Oh, cool. wait. Bad DJ moment. Hope you enjoyed that little uh, '80s music break with madness. We are back, and we are talking about housing. The number here in the studio is seven two eight four three three three. Hoping for a call from a moment here to talk about a really interesting project going on in Rico pretty soon. Um, in the meantime, I do want to get back to you, David, and you, Michelle, about. Uh, both the projects that are breaking ground very soon and ones that might happen theoretically in the future. Whenever um, I've mentioned anybody about the housing program and the housing in Norwood, the first thing that always comes up is water. So I'm curious how you have addressed that. Is there enough water? How do you determine this? Well,
0: through the entitlements
2: process... Oh, sorry, one moment. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: Great. Through the entitlements process for opinion Park... We met with the Water Commission to present the proposal and made sure that they were supportive of it before we took it any further along the process. Uh, There's a serious cost to building housing, which are tap fees. It's about $12,000 per unit to tap into Nord's water system, 6,000 to their uh, sewer system, unless you're in a special sewer district where it's about 50% of that, and then also a fee associated with raw water. And so the argument to build for growth is that we're injecting about a half a million dollars, close to $500,000 to the town systems so they can invest in the future of the pipes, the future of the uh, water delivery system. So in a way, you know, yes, there is a draw on the current resource, but also you know, the project and building 24 units invest in the future of, of water resources out in town. Another thing that we're doing is buying a raw water tap, an irrigation water tap, for every single unit um, so that a homeowner can have a garden, sort of maintain a nice front yard space, have some planting. And that is actually a separate pool of water from the uh, potable treated water coming out of Norwood's Water Treatment Facility. So in that way, you know, people aren't gonna be sprinkling perfect green lawns um, with Norwood's Water Supply and especially through the landscaping that we get into in this final stage of the project, we are hoping to uh, really think carefully about uh, low water use plantings and things that are really uh, successful in that high desert ecosystem.
2: Great, and we have a caller. Hello, you live. Oh, and we just lost him. Caller, try again. Sorry, it took me a minute to get to you, but do call back. Um, Thank you for that. Michelle, did you wanna add anything to that?
5: I mean, the foundation just went through the process and similarly, uh, the town of Norwood has a water commission. You know, when we are looking at this land, we looked long and hard about their future land use map and this property is contained, was anticipated to be annexed. They've done water studies. So we're really relying on the water commission to inform us uh, about um, during the subdivision process about water.
2: Great. David Dink, I know you need to run, so thank you for joining us tonight. And if anybody wants, can you just say the website one more time where the Opinion Park information is?
0: PinionparkNorwood.co.
2: All right, great. Thank you so much. Uh, Michelle, do you want to talk a little bit about the YES program up in Mountain Village, another another way to address workforce housing?
5: I'm happy to. We have a few programs, and YES is one of those programs where if someone is willing to deed restrict their free market property, Um, or home, then we would give them um, up to 20% of the valuation or up to $200,000. So essentially we would be paying for somebody to deed restrict their property in perpetuity. Um, We also have been waiving building and planning fees since 2019 for anyone who wants to construct in the mountain village on a deed restricted property or make modifications because we want our de restricted inventory to look nice and we want an incentive for people to keep their properties in good shape. Um, and then we did some legislation around uh, ADUs, which are accessory dwelling units, but I'm, I think we're going to talk about that in a minute.
2: Um, actually, I'm going to try and get Dave Chu on the line. While I'm doing that, let's talk about accessory dwelling units, exactly what those are and how those are in the mix of workforce housing.
5: And any, I, Geneva, Melanie, Michelle, any of you, go ahead. All right, well, I'm gonna to speak to a broader issue about accessory dwelling units. I mean, our region has supported through land use and zoning accessory dwelling units for a very long time. Uh, we have them in the ski ranches and all Soro in the town of Telluride and in the town of Mountain Village. Uh, one of the things we did recently is sometimes you have to look at your zoning. Zoning can be a barrier to housing and Um, to a lot of things uh, because they're regulations so in the mountain village we have we are now allowing accessory dwelling units and what we call our detached condominiums so we have uh, the boulders and a number of various uh, developments that look like single-family homes but they're actually on a condominium lot so an, an accessory dwelling unit allows someone a greater ability to be able to either build or own one of those units and then know that they've got uh, an income stream if the if the um, through rental and if the building is already deed restricted then we would have a deed restricted accessory dwelling unit and you'd have to qualify to to rent that to someone who works in the r1 school district so we're pretty excited about allowing adus um, in our detached Um, condominium units, and it's a long tradition in this region um, around uh, being able to supplement and be able to live here by renting um, a reasonable space to a neighbor. Great, and actually um, I have David
2: on the line, so I'm going to pause the ADU uh, conversation for just a second and see if I can bring him up. David, are you there? Ah, darn it. Thought I had it. Try one more time. Actually, while I keep trying to do this properly, for some reason I can't get this call through, um, can you talk a little bit about ADUs in in town and how much those impact or don't impact the housing?
4: Yeah, so for everybody who's listening and saying, I still don't get what an accessory dwelling unit is, it's like the um, smaller, you know, maybe one-bedroom or studio unit back in the alley or above the garage. And you'll notice if you walk through the alleys in town that there's a ton of these, like, little apartments um, behind a larger house. And a lot of these, in at least in the town of Telluride, have have a deed restricted, restriction on them, and some of them don't. Some of them are just extra... Um, extra apartments on a single-family lot. So I think that what all of us um, want to just sort of mention and hope and agree and and plead with the community for is to rent those units out to employees. Um, You know, a lot of them are sitting empty and we have it's not that we don't have the beds or the bedrooms ready to go they're just not being used um to house our workforce so please if you're listening and if you have one of these in your backyard please support everyone and rent it to a local who's working in the community
2: what is the enforcement on that
4: um, well, the Regional Housing Authority uh, does compliance checks on the units that are required to be occupied, but some of them exist and require that if they are occupied, they have to be occupied with an employee, but they don't; they are not required to be occupied, so they're just sitting empty.
2: Okay, and I'm going to stop you right there. Do I have Dave Chu on the air?
4: Hello? Hi. 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 How's I'm it going, so- everyone? Good.
2: I'm glad this finally worked out. Uh, Dave Chu (laughs) is uh, joining us from the road. He is, well, I'm sure a lot of you just know him as a local and a climber and a skier. Uh, But Dave is also now the project manager for Rico Bedrock Development, Bedrock Rico Development. Remind me which one it is.
6: Metro Rico Development okay. is what it's called. Okay, and uh, yeah, and can, thanks for having me.
2: And can you just um, do the your elevator pitch as to what it is exactly you're working on out there?
6: Great. Yeah, we are working on building housing in Rico. Um, our concept is a combination of one and two bedroom units that will be locked into a deed restricted HOA um, and on the same land will build uh, kind of a combination of two three and four bedroom homes um that will have a creative financing model but our goal is to have either a light deed restriction or a free market option for people um to move into in the future
2: and what is where are you in this in this project
6: we own the land now which is awesome and we're kind of working through the subdivision process with the town of rico um they've the bolson kind of already started the process with rico and then we're kind of taking the reins now and and moving through the rest of the permitting process with uh with the town of rico
2: And can you explain a little bit more about you know you said you want to have affordable workforce housing what does it look like how is that you said with creative financing can you give a few more details about that
6: uh yeah i mean we're still hashing out the details and our project is definitely in early phases right now we are 100 percent planning to have a public comment period coming up soon so we'll keep everyone in the loop on that to hear opinions on this but um, ultimately for the rentals, we're going to prioritize Rico, uh, residents and people working in the town of Rico first and then kind of branch that out to the greater region as the need seems necessary everywhere. Um, and then for the, for the houses to buy, our plan is to do a kind of, uh, variation on a rent to own model, um, and get people in the door of these houses with a future ahead of them in terms of real estate and stuff
1: like that.
2: And hopefully um, larger uh, or more frequent smart service to service all these people. So not if so many people are driving into town, but that's, oh, that's on the yeah. road as well. <laughs> I, what can I say? I'm a public transportation nerd. As soon as you say housing, I think, well, how am I gonna move the people around? <laughs> well, a great thanks, point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I know this is really in the early stages. Where is there information available about the public comment period or about this project?
6: I uh, will post uh, through the town of Rico on that and we'll use kind of all of the avenues of, to spread the news on this as we as we grow. People can reach out to us uh, uh, via email and, um, you know, myself and Richie Parkhill and Jason that are kind of the people behind the scenes here and I feel like between us three, we you know, most people in town, <laughs> so we can, uh, anyone can reach out at any time to chat with us. Well,
2: Dave, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to join us tonight, and we'll see you back in town soon.
6: You're welcome. Have a nice night.
4: How cool is it that we just talked to someone who wasn't from a government or a nonprofit that's building housing for the community?
2: That's why I wanted to include him. I
4: think it's so awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I look forward to seeing what what comes of that project. It was very very interesting. Uh, I went into greater detail with him in sort of a pre-interview, so find him on the street. Um, And I know, Michelle, you were in the interest of full disclosure, you're interested. You were uh, involved in bringing this forward.
5: Yeah, Dave and I, it's kind of like our uh, karmic uh, project that we wanted to bring housing through. And we worked through the entitlements with the town of Rico. We voluntarily deed restricted a two acre uh, portion of that property. And then there are the five free market units. And we're happy to pass off uh, this project now to Jason and his team, and we look forward to seeing that deed-restricted housing and um, somebody aligned uh, in the private sector with everything that we are trying to do here regionally. Thank you.
2: Um, I know that the Mountain Village is working on the proposed comprehensive plan and has extended the comment period, which part of that is, of course, includes housing. Um, and that,
5: how long is that comment period? You know, that comment period is going to end on um, March 10th, so it's this week. Um, and I did want to mention, too, that we are working on our own. Um, community housing mitigation methodology it's not something we've had it's something telluride's had for years we look forward to being able to partner housing mitigation with new construction as we move forward into the future i think it's really important
2: uh melanie geneva any last thoughts anything that fell through the cracks have we have we managed to talk about it all
4: oh never (laughs) i love talking about housing so i would i mean i'm not going anywhere you know (laughs) please feel free to reach out to me um at my town email um you can find it on the internet or it's g at telluride-co.gov um i'm i really just want to keep hearing from the community about what what the needs are what the wants are um and you know we're all we're all trying to solve this problem and there's a lot of different things that all of our different municipalities are going to have to do um, in different areas to, to improve the situation. So um, yeah, we'll keep working on it and thanks for listening.
3: Yeah. I would just add uh, one last uh, highlight out there is the town of Telluride this winter introduced uh, a, a Telluride winter community housing program which uh, made space for nine RVs in the town of Telluride Park uh, parking lot. And that has uh, provided or you know made way for uh, about 15 people and maybe as many dogs <laughs> to, <laughs> to have housing this winter. Like the name says, it is temporary, so it will be going away in about a month. It will not be happening in the summer, it's just too high of usage um it's yet to be seen if it'll come back next winter but it it's been um a really nice addition to and
2: just to be clear you're talking about the campers in the park
3: exactly okay. yep.
2: <laughs> it's not in the title so I want to make sure that was clear do, do you know if this will happen next winter is that still TBD
3: to be decided I mm-hmm. wouldn't count on it but um yeah it's been it's been a fun thing this winter to be able to offer that opportunity to a handful of individuals
2: well, thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, you can find all these wonderful public servants uh, online. You can find their emails, their, the websites for their various agencies if you have any more questions, comments, concerns, that sort of thing. Get involved. Thank you for tuning in to Off the Record tonight.
0: Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at KOTO.org with feedback and ideas.